everything overall kind of in line with the uh, lighter topics we've been dealing with the past few days. Let's pick up from where we left off. Amr of Asi, at the very bottom of Daflam Zainam Beit, Amr of Asi, Isa Shal Meiser Shani. If you have a dough made out of Meiser Shani, the Divrei Rebbe Meir, according to Rebbe Meir, who's her Meir? Her Meir says in Kedushin that Meiser Momen Gavaya, something is Meiser, it becomes, it is lifted miraculously from the property, from the bank account of the person who owned it previously, and becomes the property of uh, Shemayim, becomes heavenly property. So according to Remeyer, if you make a dough out of Meiser Shani produce, you don't have to take challah from it, right? The more going to explain why challah, you don't have to take challah from dough that doesn't technically belong to you. But according to the Chachamim, the Chacham disagree with Rabbi Meir and Kedushin, they hold that in fact you need to, that, excuse me, that in fact uh, Meiser remains your property, it just is subject to a new set of rules, right? It remains the property of the individual who owns it. So therefore, according to them, right, you would have to take challah. We don't know exactly what the source of this idea is yet, but what we do know is clearly Rameir holds that for to be liable to uh, separating challah, dough needs to belong to you. It doesn't belong to you, it doesn't need to have challah separated. Now, similarly, if you're going to have matzah made out of Meiser Shani produce, according to a mayor, there is a, according to a mayor, you are not yoytze, you can use it on Pesach, right? You can use it on Pesach. The Gemara is going to, again, is going to ask for a source for this idea, um, because we're not aware at this point of any idea that the matzah you eat on Pesach has to be yours. Okay. According to the Chachamim, you are yoytze, you can use matzah made out of Meiser Sheni on Pesach, on the first night of Pesach for the mitzvah, right? Because again, they hold that it is still technically your property. Esroig shall Meiser Sheni, likewise, if you have an Esroig of Meiser Sheni, the Devere Meir ain't yotzibay dechavasa beyond, if you cannot use it on Sukkot, you can't use that Esroig, why? Because an Esroig has to belong to you. The Pasuk says lachem, right? lachem, you shall take for you. So therefore, an Esroig of Meiser Sheni, according to a mayor, well, it's Meiser Sheni, it doesn't belong to you. According to the Chacham, who hold the Meister Shani, technically belongs to you, right? Even though it has subject to all types of special rules, but it technically belongs to you, right? So Adam Yitzvah you may use an Esrog of Meister Shani on Yamtiv. Maske Flora Papa asks her Papa like this. Bishlama Isa, it's one thing, though, in terms of Chala. Now we're going to get the source for the Allah, Arisai Seicha. The Pasuk says, your doze, your doze must be Mishalachem. They must belong to you, right? So the dough from which you take challah has got to be your dough. If you make dough that doesn't belong to you, you don't have to take challah from it. Esrog as well, says the Gemara. Right, like we said just on our own earlier, the Pasuk says, you shall take for yourselves. Right, the Shivasamin, the Arbaminim, right? Lachem, right? For you, for yourselves. Mishalachem Yehe, it should be your property. 
You're going to tell me the matzah I eat on the first night of Pesach needs to belong to me? Does the Torah say matzah Your matzah? No. The Torah just says matzah. You got to eat matzah. Matzah actually. Right? But it doesn't say it's got to be your matzah. Omar, Omar Rava, says Rava, and some say it was Rav Yemim Barshalamia, also Lech Asya Lechem Lechem. We, extra, we get it from Gzei We get it from Madrasha. The Torah says, Ksiv hacha lechem oini. In reference to matzah, matzah is referred to as lechem oini, right? Bread of affliction, as they translated in my Haggadah growing up. Ksiv hasa. And it says over in the parsha of Chala, v'hoya lechem Right? The Torah says, when you eat of the bread of the land, right, you're supposed to set aside halo. Right? So that's that word lechem again. We extrapolate from halo to matzah, just as halo is only separated from dough, from food that belongs to you. So to matzah is only matzah if it comes from produce that belongs to you. Okay? And hence, according to a mayor, if it's Meiser Shani, which technically, strictly, legally does not belong to you, but rather to um, to Gavoya, to Shemayim, um, so uh, uh, you would not be able to be Mekayim the Mitzvah. You would not be able to do the Mitzvah of Matzah with Meiser Shani Matzah. Says the Gemara, Lema Misayele. Let's back up Ravasi's teaching, right? Ravasi took the core teaching of Rameyer about Chala, and he extrapolated to three other cases. Right, to two other cases, rather. So let's see if we can prove that Ravasi is right. Isa shall meiser sheni petur menachala. A dough of meiser sheni is putter from chala. The verb mayor, that's the opinion of a mayor. But chacham, I room chayevus. The chacham say, no, such a dough is putter. Says the Gemara, Lema Messiah. What kind of proof is that? Hainu right? We already knew, right? And there's the ruling. The ruling of the, of the, right? In other words, Ravasi came up with the Chiddush on his own. Ravasi said, you know what? We know that Rameir Hall's Meister Shani doesn't belong to you, right? Given that that's the case, given that we know that, says Ravasi, some very obvious things. Things like Chala, which have to belong to you, according to Rameir, you would not be obligated if the dough is Meister Shani. Why are we saying Lema Misayele, right? We're like speculating, hmm, is this a good proof? It's obvious, right? This is exactly what Ravasi was trying to say. Like, it's it's Kanyakavase de Ravasi. It's not Lema Misayele. Says the Gemara, Hachikamar. This is what the Gemara meant. We're really kind of considering the actual premise, the actual question of Asi is talking about. We now see that Rav Asi is right in reference at least to dough, in reference to Chawa, that the dough needs to belong to you. So let's say that Bahanachnami Pligi. Right? Maybe Rav Asi's right that there's also a machloikis in reference to the other subject of Esroig or Matzah. Right? Oidilma, you know why we should wonder about this? You know why it's really an open question? Because there's a possibility that we can't extrapolate from Chala. Oidilma, Shani Hasam, Dixiv, Arisai Seichem, Trey Zimni. When it comes to Chala, Right, Arisai Seichem is repeated twice. Arisai Seichem, Arisai Seichem. But the, the, the words, the word your dough comes up twice. So I might think that it's specifically, right, when it comes to challah, that you have to have full technical ownership of the dough. 
What about an asterisk? Right, after all, we know you're not allowed to use a stolen asterisk. Right, is the Gemara suggesting that suddenly you should be allowed to use a stolen asterisk? So Rashi addresses that question. If, if you want to look along, Rashi is the deeper Hamas called Trey Zimni. Rashi says, When it comes to Esrig, right, when it comes to Esrig, Lachem is only It's only coming to simply say that it can't be borrowed or stolen. It's not that it must be considered halakhically strictly yours. It's kind of like a middle ground. It could be halakhically not strictly yours. It just can't be borrowed or stolen. It can't be, it can't, it can't objectively belong to another human. An esrig which belongs to Meiser Shani, I'm just reading Rashi. Right? It could be that an esrig of Meiser Shani, since it's mine, at least for the purposes of eating it, I'm allowed to eat it, so I can also use it for the mitzvah. Right? The point is, though, it just shouldn't be able to be, to be, it's just not allowed to be borrowed or stolen. That's the Gemara saying is a potential distinction. That's, that's the, the question we're considering. Um, I think that it's interesting. I didn't have a chance to look into this um, in depth at all, but I think that it's interesting that the Gemara does not, and Rashi does not seem to ponder the question of what is, um, according to the opinion that uh, that um, Matzah is extrapolated via Gzair Shava from Chala, it would seem that actually whatever the Halacha is in the case of Chala, um, Matzah would follow. So the only question really seems to be in reference to Esrig, in reference to using an Esrig of Meiser Shani. And I think Rashi maybe is reflecting that. Okay. By Rishim ben Lakish. Rishim ben Lakish asked it follows. Ma'hu shi'yetzei adam yedei chayvasai b'chala shal Meiser Shani b'yerushalayim. What is the halacha, right? If somebody wants to do, uh, to eat matzah, using challah that's separated, right? Presumably he's a kain. He's using challah that was separated from my Shani dough in Yerushalayim, right? In Yerushalayim, that's where you're allowed to eat that. So I'll leave it there, according to Yerushalayim, who we quoted earlier, who holds that you're not allowed to eat, you're not allowed to use for matzah anything which cannot be eaten by an oinein, by somebody who is in the first day of mourning, has not yet buried his, um, his dead, Right, so that is certainly right. Meister Shani is objectively excluded. There's no discussion, right? You couldn't even use Chulin Meister Shani, right? You couldn't even use standard Meister Shani. Certainly can't use the Chala, right? Which has a uh, Chala is a kind of Truma essentially, right? Um, what are we? What's our Shaila? Our question is according to Rebekiva. According to Rebekiva. Excuse me. Kiva, who holds that there's no such um, exemption of things that you couldn't, that a person couldn't eat in a state of anina, right? In a state uh, where he hasn't buried his dead yet. Rebekiva holds that the only standard we need is heter moishavais, right? It has to be able to be eaten um, uh, uh, outside Yerushalayim. Uh, and Meister Shani, technically, if it were to become Tame, says Rabbi Akiva, you would be able to be paided, to redeem it, and, uh, you know, put the value onto something else which you would eat in Yerushalayim, and then take the food home and eat it outside Yerushalayim. So, therefore, he holds you can use Meister Shani for matzah. So, says the Gemara, the question is, in that opinion, 
Maybe maybe this, his halacha, his opinion, which we just explained, is only true b'chulun. It's only true for the non-sacred portion of the Meisr right? The portion that's not chala. If it becomes tamid, like we said, if it becomes impure, you can take it home, right? You can you can uh, redeem the value onto some other piece of food, onto money, etc., and take it home. Avochala. However, if it's been designated as chala, if it becomes tame, you can't take it home. But it's already chala, right? Even if you're a coin, it's truma tame. It's, it's truma and it's tame. You're not allowed to eat it. Well, it's getting burned. So it could be, could be, right? In fact, uh, right now we don't hear, I, I, it's very hard to hear any argument to the contrary, right? You would not be able to do the mitzvah of matzah with chala of meiser sheni because there's no situation in which you'd be allowed to take that matzah home. And matzah has to be able to be eaten, even at home, even outside Yerushalayim. And this matzah, if it becomes tamay, right, certainly while it's not tamay, you have to eat it in Yerushalayim. And if it does become tamay, you got to get rid of it. you got to burn it, because it's chala, which is a kind of truma. And you can't eat truma that's tamay, you got to burn it. Oi, Dilma, says the Gemara, I'll tell you the other possibility. Amrina, maybe we say, since had I not designated this food as chala, and it had become tame, since had I not designated it as chala, it would just be regular food, right? So then, of course, I would be able to eat it at home because it would be my sershaining, yes, but uh, I would be able in theory, to eat it at home, the nafik ba hashtanami nafik. So to now, I can use it as matzah because in theory, were it to become tame, and were I never to have designated it as chala, I would be able to take it home and eat it. Amri. Some say a different version of things. The case we just said earlier is certainly okay to use for matzah because we can say this hoyil. What does hoyil mean? Hoyil means since. Right? In other words, we apply the principle of since if I had never designated it as challah, and since if it had uh, become tame, I would be able to take it home and eat it at home. Therefore, it's considered a food which can be eaten at home. And if it can be eaten at home, it can be used as mat. Right? At home in this context means outside Yerushalayim. Let's not forget that. Right? That's not the question. Kiti boilach, what is our question? By challah halokuach bekesef meiser which was purchased with money of Meiser Shani, right? In other words, you had Meiser Shani and you put, you, you redeemed the value of the Meiser Shani onto money, right? It happens all the time. People live in Tzfas, they live in Northern Israel and they're going to travel. It's going to take them a few days to get to Jerusalem, right? And uh, they're afraid they, 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 they have too much, uh, too many bushels of apples to carry. So they take the value of the apples and they redeem it onto a piece of currency, onto money. And then you go and you take this money and you buy challah with it, right? And I don't mean bread, I mean challah, right? Challah that was separated. I'm not sure how, under what circumstances people are selling challah, but um, maybe you bought, someone bought produce uh, with the money and then took challah from it. I think that's the most likely explanation, right? So now the fellow has the challah and he wants to know, can he use this challah dough to make matzah? And he's got to decide fast because it doesn't have much longer um, to uh, before the dough becomes chametz. Now, according to the Rabbanon, there's no question, right? The Rabbanon hold, we mentioned them, um, uh, um, uh, excuse me, we're talking about... 
The Rabbanon are only really important here in the context of Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbanon who disagree with Rabbi Yehuda, they hold this is fine. Why? Because the Rabbanon hold there's no difference, right? We're going to learn about the, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in a second. The Rabbanon hold there's no difference between Meister Shani itself and money of Meister Shani, right? In other words, if things that I bought with the money of Meister Shani, right, become Tame, you know what I can do? Redeem them again, put their value onto more money and buy something else with that money. And then you know what I can do with that produce? Take it home and make matzo with it. So we have the same principle, Hayil, since, right? Since I could have, right? In the event that this became tummy, taking it home, right? And since I could have not designated it as chala, and again, under those circumstances, if it became Tameh, I could have taken it home. Therefore, it's something I can take home from Yerushalayim and thus may be used as matzah. Ki tiboy lachotz, our question, our whole question is according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that anything of this sort, the second level, right, of Meister Shani, you had produce of Meister Shani, you put its value onto money, then you bought some other stuff. Then that stuff becomes tame. You can't put it onto money again. You can't transfer its value to money again. You got to bury it. You got to just get rid of that food. You can't use it anymore. It's not. We learned in a Mishnah. Something which is bought, right, with money of Meisr Sheni, then becomes tame. Yifta, it, be, it should be redeemed, just like uh, the original Meisr Sheni. Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer Yikaver. Yehuda says, no, it's got to be buried. So now, me, Amrina, and do we say as follows. Were it not bought with my Sushani money, and had I not called it, made it chala, and then it would have become Tameh, under all those iterations, all those combinations of circumstances, indeed, I would have been able to take this dough home, right, this grain home, uh, and make matzah with it, and, and, eat, and, and, and eat it, right? So therefore, it should be totally acceptable as matzah. I should be able to use it as matzah in Yerushalayim as well. Maybe that's too many hoyils. It's too many senses, right? It's too many levels and layers of if, then, if, then, if, then. It's not acceptable. Oh, my Rava says, Rava, I'll tell you. Mestavra shame meiser chad. He says, look, the category of meiser is one single category. We don't have to worry about, well, there are some situations on, under which if the food is classified as meiser, even though it, it, it technically had it not been uh, transferred onto money, it would be uh, redeemable. But now it's not really redeemable, according to, to Yehuda. So what should we do? This is, no, 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 no. This falls into the category of meiser shaming. Meiser shaming may be used for matzah. You don't have to worry about all these details of, well, in one particular case. All Meister Shani can be used for matzah because enough Meister Shani can be, uh, you know, enjoyed uh, in, in under the right circumstance at home. And that covers even challah, which is separated from from things which were bought with kesef, with money of Meister Shani. It's all covered, says Rava. You can use all of that for matzah, even according to Yehuda. Okay, very good. That was the challenging part I warned you about. Now we have pretty... Uh, smooth sailing for the rest of the bath.
Okay, we're at the very bottom of Daf Lamun Ches Amid Aleph. Chalas Toida or Kike Nazir. Right, we said that if somebody prepares the chalas toida, the loaves that come along with the carbon toida, a uh, Thanksgiving offering, or rakike nazir, which are the wafers that are eaten, that are that are brought rather by a nazir uh, to the base hamikdash. So if someone prepared them for himself, he can't use them for matzah. Right, if someone prepared them for himself, but what, whereas if he prepared them to sell them. They can be used, and the Gemara is going to explain right towards the bottom of Amvays why there's a difference. So we know Anemilias the Gemara. How do we know that you can't use chalas toida? Right, remember that the chalas toida, the loaves of a Thanksgiving offering, need to be matzah. Right, they can't be chametz. So why can't I use them to do the mitzvah of matzah? So Amar Rabba says Rabba to Amakra Ushmartem as hamatzos. The pasuk says Ushmartem as hamatzos. You should guard the matzos. Matzah hamishtameres l'shem matzah. Right, we know that matzah has to be shmura. Right, matzah needs to be uh, the, the the wheat and subsequently the flour needs to be guarded from becoming leaven, from becoming chametz. Right, and it has to be for the purpose of matzah. Right, it can't be for some other purpose. Why are you being particular? Right, in other words, the the, the mitzvah of matzah on Pesach. This is for right, the reason you were preserving this bread from becoming chametz is not because of Pesach, it's because of your carbon. So therefore, right, it's not usable for uh, the mitzvah. It's not shmura matzah. Is it chametz? Absolutely not. But it's simply not shmura matzah. Rabbi Yosef Amar, Rabbi Yosef says, Amar Kro, the Pasuk says, Shivas yamim matzah For seven days you should eat matzah. Right, that's Pesach. Matzah hanechel is l'shivas yom. It's got to be matzah, which can be eaten throughout all seven days of Pesach. But this matzah can't be eaten. It can't be eaten for all seven days, right? It can't be eaten throughout the whole Pesach. You're only allowed to eat the matzah of a carbon, the loaves that come along with the Thanksgiving offering, for one day and one night. So thus, they cannot function as matzah. Matzah is supposed to be able to be eaten for seven days. Okay, very, very interesting approach by Rabbi Yosef. Says the Gemara, Tanya Kavaseid the Rabbah, the Tanya Kavaseid the Rabbi Yosef. There's a brisa which goes with each opinion. Tanya Kavaseid the Rabbah, here's the brisa that goes like Rabbah. I might have thought you can fulfill your mitzvah of eating matzah with the loaves of a toida, of a thanksgiving offering, or the rakikim, the wafer, the wafers brought by a nazir. The Pasuk says, your matzah has to be shmura, it's got to be guarded. It has to be guarded, l'shem matzah, for the purpose of matzah of Pesach. This is a very clearly, exactly like Rabbah. Right? This excludes um, matzah, which was not mishtameris, which was not kept from becoming leavened for the purpose of Pesach, but rather for the purpose of a carbon. That's not good enough, that's not acceptable. Tanya Kavaseh de Rav Yosef. We have a brisa in accordance with the nazir. I might have thought you can fulfill your obligation to eat matzah with chalais toider nazir with the loaves of a thanksgiving offering or the wafers of a nazir. Tamad loimar shivas yam and matzahs toichelu. It says you can eat you get you eat matzah for seven days. Matzah nechal shiva. 
the matzah's got to be edible for seven days. You know, that excludes the matzah of a carbon toida or of a nazir, right, which can only be eaten for a day and a night because they're part of the carbon, right? So again, there's a brisa that goes exactly like each opinion. Says the Gemara, hold on. <laughs> We're getting all fancy over here making new derivations and new explanations. Why don't we derive this halacha from the core idea that we expressed already uh, uh, earlier in the parak? right? We should use lechem, the, the Pasuk says that the matzah's got to be lechem it's got to be bread of affliction. Right? It has to be bread that can be eaten even in a state of aninus, with an aleph, even in a state of extreme mourning, somebody who hasn't yet buried his dead. And, a, and of course, a person is not allowed to eat the loaves of a toida offering, of a Thanksgiving offering, if he's in the state of aninus. You're not allowed to eat, a person's not allowed to eat kachim, not allowed to eat consecrated food if he's in aninus. Right? You have to be, a person has to be rejoicing to partake in carbonates and sacrificial foods. It says the Gemara, Kiva, the Omar Aniksev. Rabban Rabbi Yosef didn't want to say that because they hold a Gerba Kiva. Rabbi Kiva holds that Lechem Oini is not a source, right? Lechem Oini doesn't, is not coming to tell you anything about being an Onain with an Aleph, right? He says, no, no, no. Lechem Oini just means Lechem Oini, right? The, 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 the way the word is written out in our Sefer Torah is Ayin Nun Yud. That just means Oni, poverty. Right? It means the bread of poverty, the bread of affliction. It's got, there's no hidden meaning there. It shouldn't be read as a reference to Oinein, uh, someone who has not yet buried his dead with an Aleph. So thus, we need a different source um, to exclude uh, this kind of mat. Says the Gemara, I have a different idea. Great question, says the Gemara. The loaves of a Thanksgiving offering, the Lachmei are Matzashira, they contain oil. Right, they're a mincha, so they're all menachis, almost all, men- uh, all menachis. I think uh, any exceptions, maybe I'm um, Kippur, trying to remember what the exceptions are. Um, but certainly, Lachmi Taida contain oil, right? They contain, they contain oil. So it's matzah shira, it's enhanced matzah. You're not allowed to use matzah shira for the mitzvah, right? It's not chametz, you can eat it, but you're not allowed to use it for the mitzvah. Oh, my Shmuel, Barav Yitzchak, Rivi is he, Umischalek as he, Lekamachalois. You're making a little bit of a mathematical error, right? It's a revius of oil. What's a revius? A revius is like 2.2 ounces, I think they say. It's a very small amount of oil. And that oil is divided between who knows how many loaves. So the oil, there's so little oil, it really doesn't affect the nature, the quality of the bread. And it can't rightly be called matzah shira. It can't rightly be said that it's enriched matzah, which you're not allowed to use for the mitzvah. Says the Gemara, okay, this is maybe the first thing that came to our minds. We just finished having a whole discussion in Amidal that there's an opinion that says, right, um, not the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi, but uh, Rabbi Kiva uses this, right, that matzah has to be able to be eaten. It needs to be able to be eaten in your home, even outside Yerushalayim. Right, and you can't eat lachmei toida. You can't take the loaves of a toida offering of a Thanksgiving offering to 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 tzvat, to Beidel. You can only eat them in Yerushalayim. So, of course, you shouldn't be able to use them for matzah. They can't be eaten outside Yerushalayim. Omerish lakish says Reish lakish. I gotcha. I say meres chalos toida rakike nazir nechalim inayv givan. Right, chalos toida rakike toida and rakike nazir may be eaten outside of Yerushalayim. Right? What, what does this teach us, in other words? 
there are some things, there are some karbanas which only were allowed to be offered in Yerushalayim. There are other karbanas, I think the majority of karbanas, may be offered even when the Mishkan, when the tabernacle itself was outside Yerushalayim, right? Not even Givlin was a location where the Mishkan was at one point. Excuse me, technically not the Mishkan. It's technically a Bama, right? It's technically a, temp, a temporary Mizbech, I believe. Um, I believe it qualified as a Bama Gedoyla, right? It's, it's an official Bama, but it's not the Mizbeach, right? So those are non-Yerushalayim temple complexes, basically. What Reish Lakish is saying, what we see from here is that the loaves of the Nazir, the loaves of the, of the, of the, of the Thanksgiving offering and the wafers of the Nazir were eaten in Neuven Givain, not just in Yerushalayim, and therefore they're not considered strictly limited to Yerushalayim. That's why it's not a challenge to um, the halacha, to the to the principle that the matzah needs to be come from bread, which can be eaten in all places, because in fact it was allowed to be eaten at least during the time that Bama said improvised mizbeachs, improvised altars were permitted. It was allowed to be eaten there. Okay. Very clever uh, uh, move by Rish Lakish. Tanya, we learned in a Bryce Amr of Eloy, Shaldi's Rabbi Eliezer, Mahushiyetzi Adam Chalis Tedru Kiginaz. Rabbi Eloy says, I asked Rabbi Eliezer, can one be Yoytze? Can one discharge his obligation to eat matzah with the loaves of a Thanksgiving offering, a taida, or the wafers of a Nazir? Omar Lee, he said to me, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. So So I continued to Rabbi Yeshua and I asked him, right, Rabbi and Rabbi Yeshua are the famous pair. So I went to Rabbi uh, rival and, and friend, Rabbi Yeshua, and I said, can you tell me the answer? Omar Lee, he said to me, just like we said in our Mishnah, right? Chalis of a taida and of a Thanksgiving offering and the loaves, the, the wafers, the rakikim of a nazir, if a person made them for himself to use, you can't use them. No good. For all the reasons we just said, right? Or specifically for one of the reasons, uh, one of the, the, the first reason we said, right? Which is that it's a, it's a lacking in Shmura. These were Shamur, they were prevented from becoming Chametz, not for the purpose of Pesach, but for a different purpose, um, for the purpose of a carbon. That's why you can't use them for Pesach. However, says Rishua, Limkar Bashok, if the intent is to sell these breads, these loaves in the market, Yoytibahen, you may indeed use them for matzah. Okay, now we still don't have an explanation, remember, of why it's different if you made, if they're in the market. Right? If they're in the market also, don't you have the same problem? After all, they were still made for a purpose other than the mitzvah of Pesach, for the purpose other than the mitzvah of Matzah. So says the Gemara, what happened? So I, I, ran, I, went, I ran back from Rabbi Yeshua's house to Rabbi Lezer's house. Omar Lee, Beris. So he said a very interesting, um, uh, he, 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 he exclaimed, a very interesting exclamation. He said, Bris, covenant. Right? In other words, Rashi says it's a language of shvua. He was like swearing 
by his uh, in his excitement, right? He was saying, by the by the covenant, by the bris, hein, hein hadvarim These are the very things which Moshe was told at Har Sinai. What does that mean? Right now, he's he's delighted. He says, This halacha is so accurate, this teaching is so accurate. It must, I'm certain that my colleague Rabbi Yeshua is transmitting a halacha that uh, that can be traced directly back to Moshe, uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu at Harsin. But then there's another opinion, right? There's another opinion that's done. Baris, right? Here's the exclamation. Baris, right? Sarcastically. This would be sure. This my friend would be sure. Is he so smart, right? That he can just tell you things without a reasoning, without an explanation, right? Some halachas don't require an explanation. If I tell you, look, this is the halacha. That's what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu at Harsina. You have to accept that. Right? If, if if indeed my transmission is 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 legitimate, you have to accept that. You don't get to say, well, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. No, you're stuck, right? We find that throughout Shas. It's just the way it is. Right? But he says, says Abiliezer, this is not the case. Right? This is not something that's a special secret transmission from Moshe Rabbeinu and Arsina. This is halacha. There's no explicit tradition about this. This halacha needs a reason, it needs an explanation. So says the Gemara, you know what, you're right, for time of my, what is the explanation? What is the difference? Right? Why am I allowed to use lachmi taida that are sold in the shuk? Why aren't they the same exact thing as lachmi taida that I made for myself? Omar Rabbah says, Rabbah's simple distinction. Kol shuk imluche mimlach. Anything sold in the market, the merchant might change his mind. Right? He might say, uh, you know what, right? He, he keeps in mind, he, he keeps in mind constantly. He says, Omri, Mizdavin, if I manage to sell it to somebody who needs it for the base HaMikdash for their carbon, great. But if I don't manage to sell it, what will I do with my surplus? You know what? I'll use it for Pesach. I'll use it for Pesach. That's how people think when they bake Lach Meitoida, when they bake loaves of Taida for the market. And therefore, since he kept in mind the possibility that it may end up being his matzah for Pesach, there's no lacking of shmura. It's considered shmura for the purpose of Pesach as well. And that's why it is okay to use.